Hello and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fund Calibre. I'm Ryan Lightfoot-Brown and today I'm joined by Peter Meany, the Elite Rated Manager of the First Centier Global Listed Infrastructure Fund. Peter, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Ryan. Um, now, it's been quite the year for infrastructure, quite the year for many things, um, but in infrastructure, it's usually one of the, the less volatile areas of the market. Um, but there are some areas that have been particularly hard hit by the pandemic. Um, perhaps we can talk about some of the winners and the losers in a lockdown environment, um, maybe starting with sort of roads, rails and airports. Yeah, it's certainly been a challenging year for, for infrastructure. As you say, traditionally, a more defensive asset class, given the uh, tangible sort of cash flow generating businesses that, that we invest in. Uh, but, uh, you know, COVID has had an impact uh, that's certainly been unprecedented. Uh, the, the lockdowns that followed COVID uh, had very direct impacts on transport infrastructure. So I agree that's a good place to start. Uh, the biggest impact was really felt in the airport sector. Uh, we've seen travel around the world, you know, cease. Um, intercontinental or international traffic, you know, is down more than 90%. And, you know, until, you know, we get some success on, on vaccinations, it looks like that that will continue, you know, to be, to be down a lot. Uh, domestic and sort of intra-EU uh, travel has been a little bit better. Um, you know, we've seen when lockdowns have been eased, you know, domestic travel sort of getting back to somewhere around 50% of where it was before. Um, some of the uh, regional travel, you know, back to, to sort of 30 or 40%. So there are signs that when uh, lockdowns ease, you know, things can recover quite quickly. The thing with airports is it's that international passenger that's really valuable. Uh, they tend to pay a lot more to, to land uh, at an airport in terms of passenger charges. Uh, they spend a lot more at the airport and that, that retail component, as you know, you know, airports around the world now make a lot of money from, from retail spending. Um, and so, you know, that Chinese passenger, for example, is, is very valuable. So we really need them to return uh, for airports really to recover their, their earnings in a significant way. Uh, outside, so, so airports, I guess we're taking a bit more of a cautious approach where we have had investments, they've been really focused on uh, lower leverage and more leisure travel. Uh, so AENA, the Spanish airports, uh, Zurich uh, Airport, you know, we think of are examples of better positioned companies. Uh, when it comes to other transport, uh, uh, railways, uh, passenger rail has really struggled a bit like airports. Uh, Shinkansen bullet trains, for example, in Japan have been down a lot. Uh, freight railroads have recovered better. Uh, so we have seen a lot of volumes being moved on freight uh, despite uh, the, the COVID crisis. Um, the thing we're most excited about is the toll roads. Uh, we do think that roads will recover them the most quickly. Uh, we think that um, uh, people will prefer a private vehicle to public transport. They don't want to be on a subway or a bus. They want to be in a private vehicle and, and social distance. So that's where we have a most significant overweight position, and we do think that that will come back um, in the next few quarters. So, well. Thank you. Well, that actually leads me on to my next question. Um, so what areas of infrastructure um 
a sense of benefit or have actually held up quite well. I know we've talked about um, toll roads, but are there any other areas of infrastructure? Yeah, toll roads will bounce back. Um, you know, the other area that has done well over the last year has been anything in the communications space. So uh, mobile towers, uh, data centres have, have held up really well, and, and that's probably not a surprise given how well uh, tech in general has done across the market. Uh, towers, um, their, their contracted revenue streams, uh, the acceleration of move to mobile data has come through during COVID. And obviously, we've got 5G and that upgrade cycle. Uh, you need you know, a lot more towers to provide that uh, high frequency uh, intensity um, you know, 5G network. Uh, and uh, towers will clearly benefit from that. Data centres, clearly, as we, we move more into the cloud and that process is accelerated, uh, both from corporations and, you know, uh, retail demand on Amazon and so forth, uh, data centre usage has, has gone up as well. So their growth has accelerated and they've been clear beneficiaries. I guess the other area that we might come to uh, is the utilities. Utilities have held up quite well, although they held up when the market initially fell and they've been, which is great, but then they've been left behind as the market has rallied back, uh, you know, a bit more boring and defensive. You know, people have gravitated to, to cyclical growth and, um, and uh, tech. Uh, so they've been left behind a little bit. The one bright spot has been renewables within the utility space, uh, which has done well. Yeah, I imagine it, it would really, because uh, as we look forward, we're looking to, I mean, the, the theme we're using over here is the building back stronger um, initiative, a lot of green infrastructure going on at the moment. Um, are the opportunities as big as people think they're going to be? What's your sort of outlook for the renewable sector? Yeah, things are rarely as big as the headlines would suggest, uh, whatever that might be. But, uh, yeah, certainly in the renewable space, there are a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, you know, the, the Green New Deal um, uh, in, in Europe, um, you know, Biden and the Democrats' proposals, you know, trillion-dollar-plus stimulus in, in the US. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to be positive on the renewable space. Uh, we're clearly seeing... Uh, through COVID and out the other side, um, an acceleration of investment in, in wind farms, in solar panels, uh, the transmission networks that need to tie all that together, um, you know, will benefit. Um, we're seeing a, a, an evolution in offshore wind uh, that's quite well established in Europe, particularly northern Europe. Uh, and as we move towards green hydrogen, that'll get another lift in um, the, supporting that industry. In the US, offshore wind is relatively new and companies like Orsted are taking that capability. Um, SSC, we own in the portfolio, is clearly a beneficiary in, in, um, uh, you know, in the UK. Uh, but there are US companies uh, that we own in the portfolio. Offshore wind, uh, the likes of Dominion and Eversource will be beneficiaries in, in the Northeast and Virginia. And actually the world's largest renewable energy company, which is the largest stock in the portfolio, uh, Next Era Energy, they're based in Florida. Uh, their focus on onshore wind, uh, solar, battery storage, and some, some early developments um, 
into hydrogen uh, and uh, what's exciting in the US, the, the electric vehicle rollout uh, where you know, uh, Biden is, is really supportive of that uh, development, that will definitely lift their growth. And we do we do see growth lifting from four to six to even eight percent uh, for these utilities, which for boring regulated businesses is is uh, I think really interesting growth. Yeah, I'm sure many of our listeners would um, jump at the chance of an eight percent growth at the moment um, for some of their investments. Um, and perhaps with those opportunities, there are other industries that um, are going to suffer, particularly oil and gas related services. Um, what's going to happen to their pipelines, for example, if less, less oil is used? Is it a death knell for that industry? Yeah, it's probably more a death by a thousand cuts than uh, something you know, more dramatic. Uh, but there's no doubt as we, as we move to uh, net zero, uh, by 2050, which Europe is, is clearly aligned to, and, and I think under a Biden administration, the US will align to uh, quite quickly as well. Uh, but under that scenario, and we, we've written a few papers on this, uh, we, we clearly see a structural decline in, in oil demand. I think that's a natural outcome uh, from the move to electric vehicles and, and ultimately to, to hydrogen uh, as well. Uh, some of the hard-to-abate sectors like uh, steel, uh, cement manufacturing, um, airline or aviation, that will take longer but, but is certainly doable by, by 2050 uh, with hydrogen. So we've been building into our forecasts uh, that, that structural decline of oil. I would differentiate that, though, with, with gas and, and natural gas liquids or NGLs. Um, yeah, gas will still be a very important transition fuel uh, to support renewables that are intermittent by nature. Uh, we need some, some uh, uh, gas generation uh, to support that, which is very flexible. Um, and, uh, you know, until um, renewables are fully developed, we probably need some gas to support hydrogen uh, development as well. Um, and NGLs are the input to uh, plastics, and we've seen, you know, the, the world still demands a lot of plastics, and uh, we've seen all through COVID, actually plastic demand went up um, with, you know, ordering online, uh, Amazon deliveries and so forth. Uh, we still think there'll, there'll be very strong demand for NGLs, petrochemicals, and, and ultimately plastics that, that, of course, also go into the cars, uh, like Teslas that, um, you know, are still, um, you know, have strong demand around the world. And now one of the big attractions of the asset class of the infrastructure space is the, um, the contracted income streams that you get from there. Um, how is the income of the fund held up, particularly in light of other equities having big cuts and a reduction in bond yields as well? Yeah, look, this is really important to get a whole of portfolio uh, perspective. I think, you know, when people have looked at infrastructure, um, there's been a lot of focus on the airport space and some of the sectors that have really struggled. But actually at a portfolio level, when you take into account um, the utilities and the towers and, you know, the toll roads that have bounced back quite well, uh, what we've seen is income has continued to be produced uh, from our companies and actually, as we've gone through calendar 2020 and we push into 21, uh, the, the actual impact on the entire portfolio uh, has only been a, a decline in income of about 10%. 
you know, you compare that with a broader uh, UK equities market. I think I saw some stats saying, you know, dividends were down about 44, you know, 40, 50 yeah, percent. Yeah, about that. Yeah. You know, that's a real contrast. I, I look at the income being produced and what's been delivered, and then I look at the performance differential between the broader market and the infrastructure, and it doesn't make sense to me. I think infrastructure uh, should have performed a lot better. I think the fundamentals support uh, that view uh, with the income being produced, and I guess you know therein lies the opportunity. Um, you know, if you've done really well in some other sectors like like tech, and perhaps you're thinking a bit more defensively, look at something that's been left behind. Uh, then you know maybe infrastructure could could fit, fit that bill for you. Well, that seems like a very good uh, note to leave it on, Peter. It's been really interesting. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Ryan. And if you'd like to know more about the elite-rated First Centia Global Listed Infrastructure Funds, please visit, visit our website, fundcaliber.com. And for more from our Investing on the Go podcast, please don't forget to subscribe via your normal channels. Please remember, we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not be holding these stocks at time of your listening. Mm-hmm.